Welcome to No Man's Land, brought to you by Tennis Zone Plus, Washington, D.C.'s premier tennis retailer. All right, what's up, guys? No Man's Land Tennis Podcast. Here we are again. Took a week off last week, but we are back with a bang. World Tour Finals this week, but first things first, the young Italian Yannick Sina. Yannick Sina? He beat Pospisil in a third set breaker. The kid's good, Freddie. Very good. I mean, it was, I think it was this week last year, he won the next-gen finals. And now you fast forward to 2020, and he wins his first ATP tour title. Yeah. Pretty good Uh, stuff. Next-gen finals this year is obviously not happening. I imagine he would have played that. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, I think he'd rather take this one. Who Who did he beat there? Yeah, he took out Fuskovitz in the first round, a qualifier named Husler. Then he beat Demonor in three, beat Manorino in straights, and then beat Vasek Pospisil in a breaker in the third. Those last three, I think, are pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, um, Demonor, Manorino, Pospisil, both all playing well right now. I think Manorino and Pospisil specifically. Um, but demon, demon's always around. So I think Sinner is maybe uh, 19, 20 years old. How many years before he wins his first slam? Once Novak's and Roger <laughs> and Super Raphael fun. are out of tennis, then he'll win a slam. I'm going to say he wins one before he turns 23 years old. All right. It's a bold bold pick, but I'm going to go with it because I just think the kid is so, so good right now. Don't put it in Cole's corner or it'll affect your record. I know, but I, I just think that his him right now was better than Tsitsipas at his age right now or Rosvera at his age right now. That's my opinion, which means that in a year or a year and a half, he needs to break like top 20 because those guys were... Yeah, but you can make the argument like those guys at that age were playing with like more prime Rafa Nadal, prime Novak's Djokovic, and prime Roger Federer. And Andy Murray pre-hip surgery, and Wawrinka at an unreal high level. Yeah, that's true. So you take all these guys are getting older, dwindling, Muzz isn't playing anymore, while Wawrinka's been pretty much irrelevant, and Nadal's sitting out half these tournaments, Novak's just, he he tanked the match, we, we talked about that last time. Yeah. So... I, I don't know. I think I, Sinner. Yeah. I think Sinner's good. The le- the levels there, but he's not going up against anywhere near the competition those guys were going against when they were nineteen, twenty years old. I'd be curious to see if the guys like Zverev and um, like Team and and versus Sinner if they, if they have head to heads yet, and what it is, and then what the actual how tight the sets are if if they've played each other. I don't know yet. Yeah. Um. But anyway, he's one to look out for. He's here, uh. But. Yeah, we'll see how his future looks in the, in the new year. Uh, World Tour Finals, 50-year anniversary. I mean, just just good stuff for the ATP World Tour Finals. Ha- popping around, big big city after big city. We got the groups this year. We have, I think it's Group London and Group Tokyo to commemorate like the first and last uh, yep. cities. Yep. So one group is Djokovic, Medvedev, Zverev, Schwartzman, And the other one is Nadal, Team Sitsipas and Rublev, which it to me is the group of death. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So, Freddie, I mean, it's been a, it's been where? I mean, we're going to Turin next year in Italy. 
Yeah, so they're moving it from London. But back in 1970, do you know who won it? No. I'll give you a hint. He looks just like my dad. Sam Smith? Stan Smith. Stan Smith. Sam Smith is uh, the singer. Yes. He's got that that nice voice. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Tokyo in 1970. And then it bounced around Paris, Barcelona, Boston, Melbourne, Stockholm, Houston. Then it was at the Garden for 13 years. Then it went to Frankfurt and then Hanover. And then Lisbon for a year, Sydney for a year, Shanghai for a year, back in Houston for two years, back over in Shanghai for four years, and then they've been in London for the last 12 years, including this year. And so I guess they figured, all right, let's 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 change it up and, yeah, mix it up. So they're going to Italy next year. That should be fancy. That should be high fashion. You know, I can already see the Italian twist on that. Um, There's going to be a car, like some Ferrari's going to be sitting in the corner of the court. Like, well, you know how they have their entries Lamborghini. here. The, the entries here, the entrances here at the uh, World Tour Finals, the O2 Arena, it's always like dim lights and the smoke coming out. The doors open up sideways. Oh, they, can you imagine? It's going to be like some sort of catwalk out into the in, in terrain. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be nuts. But we'll see what they got. Um, city you'd like to see it go or place you'd like to see it go. Whew, that's a tough one. I mean, yeah, the biased answer is Washington, D.C., but <laughs> just because, I don't know, I, I looking at like where it's been, I think it's really cool that they went from city to city to city every year and mix, mix it up. Um, I think what London's done is really cool, and it's kind of been the same look th- throughout these like last 12 years with the light blue, and, and like you said, they dim the lights and all that. But I, I really think it would be cool. I don't really care where it is. I just think they every year they should switch it up. That like each city gets to bring tennis to their city and bring the best tennis to their city for seven straight days, and maybe places that don't host the tournament already. Yeah. Like like London has Wimbledon already, and they've got all the grass court warm up tournaments, and so maybe like this is it's cool. It's going to Turin because what's in Turin? I mean. Probably maybe a challenger, but... So along those lines of, you know, giving it to a city that doesn't necessarily get it all the time or doesn't have a tournament ever, really, I think that this would be awesome in South America. Like, I just think that they are so deprived of live tennis. Like, they get they get the Argentina Open, they, there's a tournament in Ecuador, but there's no... And then there's Brazil, there's like a 500 in Brazil or 250 in Brazil... But there's never anything major there. Like, the Grand Slams are all not there. And the World Tour Finals is, like, the coronation of the tour at the end. Like, it's a grand event. And it would just be so awesome if you had it in, like, Buenos Aires or, you know, some really big city in South America. Plus, you saw what happened when Federer won on his tour with Zverev. And, like, when they went to, like, seven different cities in, like, seven days. Do you see how many people were in that stands? Yeah. And if you get all of these guys playing a tournament like that there, I mean, it would be nuts. And I think that they deserve it as well. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. It would add a different dynamic because obviously the World Tour Finals, since its existence, has only been in an arena. And it been like an NBA-style arena. And so you're going to South America, would they put it indoors? Because November in South America is steaming. Yeah. So, like, you're in the rainforest down there. Like, it's going to be hot. And so, are they going to put it 
uh, would they put in some huge soccer stadium? Like, what what would they what would they do? I think it has it'll have to be indoors. Would it be on clay? Would it be on hard? Like, what what would they do? You know, like do they would they move it there and give it its own twist? And next thing you know, Rafa gets to they're gonna make. They're going to manufacture Rafa's first ever World Tour Finals win because they're going to put it on clay courts because you're going to chuck it down in Chile. Oh, don't handcuff them before they even get it. <laughs> but no, I, I think that you'd have to do it same similar same like similar to what, it's, what it is. Yeah. Indoor, hardcore. I think, I think it would be cool if they went. It, it would just be difficult because the end of the year swing, the last like month or so we've been watching is all indoor hard. And so then it ends with indoor hard. And like if you put it down there, I think it'd be awesome if it was in like like what Federer did. They were in like the bowl ring, yeah. and played it on outdoor hardcourt. And I think that would be awesome. But just how do you get these guys? Because these guys are already sort of in Europe playing all these tournaments, or in Russia, all these indoor tournaments, and so it's easy. Boom, pop over on a flight. It's like you're well, popping over on a flight to Bogota. Like Diego Schwartzman's not an easy flight. He's coming up from. From, from, uh, you know where he trains. He's Buenos down Aires. The, no, he's down in the Bahamas. <laughs> but then he's, he's he hasn't been there. Like he's no oh, man. He's a grinder. It's his first time ever. How sick would that be if this yeah, was, if was in home. Argentina and Del Potro made it and he made it and Albandian was still playing and they were all just hanging out and it was like in their home country. That would be awesome. Oh yeah, I, I don't mean, care it'd be, if it's, it'd be soccer style. You'd yeah. have the vuvuzelas and everyone's chanting and all the. All the what the scars that are light blue and white, and everyone's God, losing their minds. So I'm a big advocate for maybe, South America. Maybe, for maybe Cuevas gets a wild card. Maybe in Cuevas. <laughs> they could find a doubles partner and get himself in. Oh mm-hmm. man! All right, another piece of news this week. Uh, Zverev he he made he made past uh, the Paris Masters final, um, and he is in the field this week for the World Tour finals. He's in the news. Um, as we touched on a couple weeks ago, for the claims by Olya Sharapova, it was one of his, you know, old ex-girlfriends, uh, about uh, domestic violence and emotional violence. She talked to Racket Magazine. She put out a whole expose, a whole article about it. Uh, pretty serious stuff. Uh, the claims she's making are pretty, you know, significant. They could definitely damage Zverev's career. Um, Zverev has been confronted about it. He hasn't really shed any real light on it. Um, so we've definitely gotten her side. He refuses to give his side. Uh, but there's a lot of Twitter jabs going around. There's a lot of I stand with Olya. There's a lot of Zverev's a terrible person. Uh, it's hard to take a side here. It's more of just kind of giving you guys an update. Um, so we'll see what's going on with that. But... What's upsetting to me is that, not necessarily the Zverev standpoint, the ATP took like a week or like a week and a half to say something about this. And it's not necessarily like, Zverev is like highlighting it. They're all independent contractors, really. But the ATP took forever to say that we condone uh, domestic violence and emotional abuse. They, yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, so like, yeah, they came out and said, they said that. And I think, I don't know, maybe from my perspective, I think people are overreacting that it took them two weeks to say that. Like, I I sort of agree. Like, like, yeah, why did it take so long to basically just come out and say, hey, we don't condone any of this stuff. Like, we're waiting for all the facts to come out before we make a decision on what we're going to do with Sasha Zverev, which is, is, to me, sort of common sense. Like, it's it's terrible what these allegations are and it's like it's innocent until 
proven guilty. And so like, they're not going to just, all right, boom, you're off the tour for all this stuff that's going on in his private life that have sort of come up seemingly out of nowhere. And so like, he's denying it and, and there's all these claims. And so I, I think as just as the general public, it's sort of a wait and see what's going to happen. I think you had mentioned Rothenberg said there's more to come on the story. Yeah, I, I imagine. I mean, if look, the what she's alluding to seems like there's it's much more to it. So I would definitely expect there'd be more to it than what she's given us, at least. Um, and uh, we'll see if it's just her. Yeah, I mean, I think I, yeah, I think if significant stuff comes out. I mean, we could see, a, and if it's by year's end, I mean, maybe Zverev's not going to be playing the first three months, six months of the season next year because of all of this. But it's we'll just got to sit here and wait and see. All right, now time for From the Grandstand. Question we got in from Instagram this week was, who do you think is the next, next gen? So I guess they're asking... Who do we think is the next up-and-comer that's sort of what Sinner is now, but maybe in a year or two down the road, make that big push? So we're getting asked about 16- and 17-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, 16, 17, 18, like, and, and maybe even 18, 19-year-old guys that are maybe, I mean, someone like, like Zizou, who we had on, is like, he's 21. Yeah. but he, and So he's not quite next-gen, but like, he's... 500 in the world and made this crazy big push on one week and could burst on the scene in any minute. Who's your guy? I don't know. I have, I have two guys in mind, but I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll pick with the one that first jumped in my head. I, I think it's that guy, Lorenzo Musetti. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, in Rome, he made that huge push and, and like, is this the guy who was on the cover of like Italian? Vogue? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, so he's he, he's good, and he won. I think he won a junior grand slam. So so it hasn't been unknown that he's good, but he finally prevailed when they gave him a wild card in one of these big tournaments, and he won. He won a couple rounds, and the kid the kid's good. They got a one. He can play. Yeah, he's good. He's got good hair as well. But yeah, it just seems like a lot too much, a lot too soon, right? I mean, he's on the cover of magazines. He seems like the new like Italian prince, like. Fonini's well, still from, the guy. Uh, from, from inside, from inside scoop over there in Italy, he's the cockiest guy on that side of the Mississippi. Oh I mean, my god, that's a long way from the Mississippi. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, there's a lot of people in between the Mississippi and Italy, and he's the cockiest guy out there. Wow, your source. Yeah, I think I might know who your source is. Yeah, well, who's your guy? <laughs> my guy is Hogarun. All you see is this guy just smacking forehands on Instagram and then showing up in like Tunisia and losing first round. But he's like 17 and I think he's got a bright future. I think he's going to get a wild card into some uh, bigger tournaments. What, and when he, he does... Has, what, does he have a bright future hitting backhands on Instagram now? Like Probably. Probably. I mean, his strokes are clean. Everybody's strokes are clean at that age. But like, come on, strokes are clean. Look, I'm back again. I'm backing him. I like our boy Zizou that we talked about, you know. He just had an injury. He was going to play in Greece. He had to pull out. Uh, so all the best to him. But I'm going with uh, Holger Rune. He's a stud. And you're not going to be able to tell me differently. And also, if that doesn't work out, I turn to our guest this week, Frank Thompson. He's the next next gen. 
Man, I, as soon as you were like about to say somebody else, I was thinking he's gonna say Frank. <laughs> he's gonna say Frank. Look, Frank's Frank's what number one player in the state of Virginia? Yeah. What is he? He's top twenty in this in the, class in the country. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's 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 a beast. He's gonna I go mean, to Tech and he's gonna get dubs. And no ifs, ands, gonna... or buts about it. The, the kid's good. So let's let's see. And he's got that kid. He's got a work ethic. Frank, I show up to the tennis center. Frank's there at like 5 a.m., like bouncing side to side on his toes, ready to like yeah, watch us practice. He's not even practicing. He's ready he, to watch us here's, practice. Here's what's the thing with Frank. Here's what the thing with Frank is. When he's playing one for Virginia Tech and he's uh, a sophomore, his dad's the head coach. So his dad, he's going to have to ask his dad, like, Dad, it's time to go pro. And his dad's going to be like, no, 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 son. You got two more years of school. Whereas Frank could be out there making millions and like winning Wimbledon, but his dad, you know, he wants to win those NCAA championships. So there's going to be a, a a decision to make. Well, let let's let's hear from Frank himself. So that leads us to this week's interview with Frank Thompson, <laughs> blue chip recruit from Blacksburg, Virginia. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, Frank, man, big week for you, right? Congratulations on uh, officially signing. Thank you. How was your uh, How was your signing day? And yeah, give us a little insight or feeling. Well, we had um, two. Me and two of my friends had been in um, Atlanta, Georgia, training with um, Coach Huss, my dad's former assistant. So we we drove home <laughs> that day. So we left at like noon and um, drove drove back to Blacksburg. And my sister had like a table all set up and everything. So we. We got to sign, and then that that was about it. It was um, it wasn't too too eventful, but I mean, obviously, super excited to join Virginia Tech. So, you guys uh, all throw the hats on. Oh yeah, we we got we got all the hats on, and you know, got signed all the papers. It, it was a lot of fun. So, who are your who are your buddies, and where are they going to school? Um, so one of my friends is Thomas Paulsell. He's going to Georgia. Um. And then my other friend is Gavin Young. Um, he's going to Minnesota, and then he's going to Michigan. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you, your dad has has to be the first coach to ever have people sign at his house that aren't going to his school. <laughs> I, I, I would say that's got to be accurate. <laughs> Were yeah. you looking at other schools, Frank, or was it was it always kind of tech? Um, so I, I actually did look at a couple other schools. Um, you know, it ended up being my top three were probably Harvard, um, Dartmouth, and then Virginia Tech. Um, I kind of had decided if I was going to go like power five school that it was going to be Virginia Tech. Um, but, you know, it was hard to just not even talk to Harvard or Dartmouth. Yeah. I, I did talk to them for a while. And what are you what are you looking forward to most about joining joining your dad at Virginia Tech? Um, I'm just I'm just excited, you know, to join join the team and be part of something that you know I grew up, um, you know, around and looking up to, you know, the guys like you, Freddie, and all, all of all of the guys before being able to join, you know, everything that stands for and you know compete for the Hokies. So I you think that's to, that's cool. You looking to get in that lineup right away? Um, so the plan now is I'm going to redshirt this first semester. Um, so next semester I'm going to redshirt um, just so I'm not, you know, a year worse every year. But then obviously 
I would love to be in the lineup um, immediately after that. So that's the plan. You're you're going to be joined by a fellow brother of one of your of one of your four coming up teammates, Matt Harper. Where are you yeah. excited? I know you know Matt for a little bit because Mitch has like almost been a big brother to you, and now you're going to have little brother coming in. Yeah, no, I think that's a really cool, um, you know, I, I, I've known Matt for a while. You know, we're good friends, even from, you know, across, literally across the world. But, um, I mean, I'm super excited for, um, to get to room with him and, you know, start, start for Virginia Tech working on, you know, our goals as a team together. So, it'll be awesome. Matt, can you, can you imagine Frank and Matt out there playing some dubs together? God, I can see it. Harper Thompson <laughs> next on center. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, I want you to talk a little bit about your junior career and, and kind of how you got to this point, being able to did, the new tennis recruiting came out and were you five-star or blue chip? Uh, I blue chip. Yeah, finally. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. And, and kind of walk us through what the last like year or two has looked like getting to that point. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I think everyone has a different like, um, journey through the juniors. So like, you know, I, I never thought it was, um, great or anything. I think I kind of finally broke out about, you know, my freshman year of high school. I mean, so I was never, you know, that whole middle school, I wasn't very good. Honestly, I was like probably 20 in the mid Atlantic the whole time. And then, you know, finally, um, I kind of broke through, figured out how I needed to play points and not just hit the ball as hard as I possibly could. And, you know, I got a lot better. Um, so then, you know, the journey of junior tennis is, you know, <laughs> crazy. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, Freddie, but it's, you know, I'm glad I'm, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, but I'm also, you know, glad it's over at the same time. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and you had your dad obviously to be a resource as a coach, but was there somebody else that, that kind of helped you on that way? Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of um, coaches and that throughout the years. I mean, Martin, um, the assistant coach at Tech, I've worked with um, pretty much the whole time he's been here, and he's been very, very helpful. And he's certainly contributed a lot to um, the player I am today. And then um, my dad's former assistant, Stephen Huss, um, also has had a huge impact on um, my game and you know, continues to have a big impact as well. So I'm, I'm lucky because I don't really have too much of a transition from, you know, my junior coaches to my college coaches. Um, so, you know, obviously that's a really, really good thing. So I've been around a lot of good people. You, you're still playing a bit of tournaments, uh, you know, with the decision made already? Um, yeah, I'm playing. I just played in Roanoke, um, and then I, I don't have one coming up, but I'm sure I mean, nothing's on the schedule, but I'm sure something will pop up soon. That's good. How's the game? How you playing? I'm playing pretty good, yeah. So, um, I mean, could, could be playing better, but always could be playing better. So, I'm happy with where it is right now. Well, I mean, if George doesn't want to take you on, then I <laughs> yeah, must, be, must be scaring somebody. And <laughs> – Official challenge, George. <laughs> I know. We got to get that going. We got to live stream it on the play site for everybody to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's funny.
<laughs> I don't know. That would be a good match, I think. No, I would love to play him now, especially. I think, I, I think I'm playing a little bit more than him. So, well, it, he, he says he has space in my head, though, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. George, in those tight situations, he, he tends to pull it out. One, one story from when I was at Tech was he played Joao. And as you know, George has the box tickets to the football games. And so we're all we're out there and George goes, Joao, you want the box tickets this weekend? He goes, you got to beat you got to beat me in a set. And keep in mind, Joao is top five in the country. And, and George is like middle of the pack on our team. And George goes out and beats him in a set. And Joao didn't get the tickets for the weekend. <laughs> that's, uh, that's George, George Clutch. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hopefully, they, hopefully there's no rookie hazing, Frank. You know, that'd be, that'd be a tough way to start. No, yeah, I I think um, I I think I I hope that's not gonna happen, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fre Freddie might have some insight, but you know, nah, you just you're gonna get to run the mile for the first time. That's gonna be pretty fun. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna start training. I think everyone's quite excited to uh, wa watch me try that one. So, but, what's the time you have to get that in? The magical five thirty-five. Oh, just make just make sure that Jason's there watching when you get the time. J Jason's running it with me. Come on. <laughs> oh, let's go. <laughs> that's fat. That's a fast mile. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a challenge, but it'll, it'll I'll be able to get it. Hopefully, the first try. <laughs> so what happens? You don't make it. You don't. If you don't make it, you're off the team. <laughs> you don't. You don't get your clothes. You yeah. gotta. You don't get any uh, tennis clothes. Seriously, wow! Yeah. You you got to make the mile before you get your clothes. So yeah, that's a big deal. You guys got sweet gear. So it's a pretty motivating factor. <laughs> <laughs> I, your dad's got to somehow figure a way to live stream that every year when you guys are out there at six thirty in the morning on the track with Schumann yelling at everybody to run. <laughs> yeah, um, I would tune in for that and watch watch all you guys try and make and add some pressure as well to know that like couple hundred people are watching you guys have to make a mile that, that's a pretty that's a pretty good idea we might have to get will copeland on that you know live live stream the mile time <laughs> the finish line photos were you there were you, freddie were you there when abe dived across the finish line yeah yeah oh yeah oh we my must, god you must have been tight on time yeah i came out running like an olympic time and like by lap two you just see him like kind of slowing down and like ends up just diving across the finish line right at 535 <laughs> you've got to keep the same pace going but like abe was like half a lap in front of everyone for the first like three minutes and then all of a sudden he just died and he made it <laughs> by, he made it by like two seconds but but he made it that's all that counts that is all that counts awesome you got anything else coley no man frank i think it's super awesome that you you locked in a decision and i can't wait to be watching you on the play site for the next four years <laughs> well thank you guys for having me on of course yeah, sure frank thanks thanks for jumping on with us and uh go hokies go hokies, go hokies. <laughs>